0: Always by faith. Amen. So what I want you guys to do is open up your your Bibles. primero, Pedro. Uh, ¿Cómo se dice first Pedro? Primero, primero, primero Pedro. (laughs) Cinco... 5 11 1 Peter 5 5 through 11 and what I want to do today is just share with my heart what the Lord was speaking to me amen. I'm just going to share it with you amen, amen. and I know pa- pastors always say this you know I'm not going to be up here in front of y'all on today very long praise God <laughs> it's not true <laughs> Bishop Bishop Dre, it ain't true. You can't, can't tell a preacher that he's only going to be a couple minutes. Praise God. First Peter five, and it reads this: "Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you, be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of god that he may exalt you in due time casting all your care upon him for he cares for you be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour resist him steadfast in the faith knowing that he that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world but may the God of all grace, who has called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Praise God. So if you guys will put on your seatbelts, I'm not. I don't know where this is going. I, I wrote a couple of things down, but we're just going to see where God's going to take us. I don't know if you've ever just been on a You know, sometimes my wife and I, we just need to go for a ride. We don't know where we're going. We just get in, put the seatbelts on and start riding. ride. Sometimes we go, we'll go somewhere and if the traffic's a little slow and it's like it's going too slow. Let's make a turn off and let's see what happens today. We're going to see what happens. <laughs> Praise God. So let's stop first, first, P, first Peter, five and five, and this is a letter that Peter wrote to the church, and, and he starts off at verse five, and he says, "Likewise, you younger people, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another, and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but He gives grace." To the humble, I, I, I want to ask you guys something very clear here. First of all, do you know what your elders are? Do you know what the elders are? I, I'm just, now listen, when I say elders, I'm not just talking about some of us that are here that are a little bit, uh, a little bit, Older. Yes, we are seasoned. We're the kind of people that know back in the day what day the Jeffersons came on. I believe it was Thursday. Uh, Archie Bunker came on right before that. You, you don't remember the commercials that talked about, uh, the, the, the bride was the best thing is in your cup is, you no, know, the best part of waking up is Folger's in your cup. So you don't know about those. Those are usually elders that know that kind of stuff, right? So when you're an elder, you, you, you're thinking of these scriptures and it says, you know, you need to be submissive to your elders. But we're not talking about those elders. Peter has been clear throughout this whole scripture that he is talking to Christians and that Christians, how many Christians we got here today? Yes, Christians are people that are supposed to be under certain layers of authority. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Why do you think Peter... Wanted to warn us about us refusing to submit ourselves to elders, especially the elders. And we're talking about elders of the church. Now, when I say elders, I'm not talking about people that are of age, we're talking about people that are in position. Because as you look at it, even the elders of the church, the elders at our church here in the local church, they're elders. We have different ages. Some of us are a little bit older than some, and some are younger. But what Peter is saying here during this this scripture is he's saying, listen, I'm talking to not just you as far as age, I'm talking to you about um, maturity. And sometimes what happens with us as as Christians is we may be older, but we ain't mature. Peter identifies the most common reason. The most common reason that we don't submit to authority is because of pride. He says this. This is when he instructs He says, all of you, young and old alike, clothe yourselves with humility. This morning, I got on and I put on clothes. (laughs) Hallelujah. But some people could be fully dressed with regular clothes, but failed to put on humility. Yeah, come on, somebody. I don't care how well you could get dressed up and and how how well you dress yourself up with degrees and how successful you think you are and where you're at or how much money you have or how much money you don't have. Some of us, as Peter said, we need to clothe ourselves with humility, not just with ourselves, but he says, we need to clothe ourselves with humility towards one another. For humans, the choice to be humble is not something that comes naturally within us. We must put on humility like clothing, covering our pride to promote each other, to promote each other above ourselves. So this is what Peter's saying is, it's not about what you can do or what you have to offer. It's what you could do to help somebody else out. Because sometimes you, you could submit To yourself, and you submit to what you want, and everybody else, it doesn't matter because all you're doing is looking for help for your thing. You got, you got, did you got that? Step on a toe, because you want help with your thing, but you don't want people to come help you. Or you want people to come help you with your thing, but you won't help with their thing. I love what Peter says, and when Peter was writing this letter, Peter basically said this in Proverbs chapter 3, 34, he said this, surely he scorns the scornful, but he gives grace to the humble. Peter was just echoing what God had said in this, in Proverbs. Yeah. This choice to be humble towards each other is not just about human relationships. God's natural response to proud humans is to oppose them. That's his natural response. God's natural response is to oppose Proud people. You know that whole thing, your arms, your arms are too short to box with God. God will fight against you when you're prideful. I'm, I'm telling you, the worst thing about people that they deal with pride, I'm gonna tell you, people that are deal, deal with pride, they don't even realize that they're, they're prideful. It's like somebody that got bad breath. They don't know it, but everybody else around them knows it. And then then they get mad when you offer them a piece of gum. Does anybody around here know somebody with bad breath? Come on, somebody. Look at your neighbor and go. Mm -hmm. God's natural, natural response to pride for people is to fight against them. But God's natural response to people with humility, God will lift them up. There's a difference. Peter will continue to explain what it means to be humble before God. So let's go on to First, First Peter, five and six. Therefore, if you see therefore, you need to understand and ask yourself what there is for. They'll get it later. Therefore, humble your friend. What, what, I'm sorry therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of god let, let me let me let me say it to my, my old pentecostal word therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of god that he may exalt you in due time I, I, i'm trying to get this in your in your ears real quick it says humble yourselves humble yourself Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Too many of us are trying to humble ourselves under our careers. We're trying to humble ourselves under our friends, trying to humble ourselves so that we can get advantage or get a, 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 a an, an advantage at work or a promotion. But the Bible says, the, the Bible says, "Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time." Most people don't want to wait. God, lift me up now. Let me explain to you about the mighty hand of God. The mighty hand of God. We don't even think about that statement. The mighty hand of God. I'm going to try not to preach this because there's a lot of scripture, but the mighty hand of God. Now, I don't know about you. Let's just talk about hands in the first place. But when I was a child, I quickly very quickly learned that the same hand of authority that was used to bless me was the same hand that was used to beat me oh see maybe maybe you don't understand this (laughs) my mom when beverly butcher would bless me some of y'all in here know you you know grandma butcher if she if she she would bless you, she would feed you, she would make those deviled eggs that she get makes for you, and she would make dinner for you and pork chops and she would love on you it was that one hand that that hand of authority that she would use to bless us with her beautiful food but as a child i also knew that if i was going to do something wrong that same hand that blessed me was the same hand that beat me there was no difference either way Either way it goes. You have to humble yourself under that mighty hand. You could tweet that if you want. Somebody sit back and just, just sit and look in the air and, and think about how that hand that blessed you. You remember those blessings. You remember the pat on the head. You you remember the, the, the wiping of your face. You remember the touch of, of that nice hand. But But you also remember that hand of authority that was good with a belt and a switch. I'm I'm from the old school. I didn't just get a talking to. Truth be told, I probably should have gotten more weapons than I got. We're talking about the mighty hand of God. We're talking about the hand. You guys wouldn't oh um, let's listen to Matthew. Let's go to Matthew. I know I'm gonna switch gears. You're gonna understand what I'm gonna talk about. Matthew chapter 14, 28 through 30, and I'll give you a little little um insight of what's going on. So you know that the the, the apostles were on the boat and they were going across the boat in the water, the waves were going, and all kinds of stuff was happening. And and they they were sitting there and they turn and they look and they see Jesus on the shore. And they're not sure if it was Jesus, but like, man, that's that. Is that a ghost? He said, no, that isn't a ghost. And then Peter turns and looks, and Peter says, Lord, wait a minute. That's Jesus. And he looks, and Jesus starts walking out on the water. And then Peter looks, and he says, Lord, is that you? He says, yes, it's me. He says, if, if it be you, then bid me to come. We all know this story. Here Jesus is out on the water. Peter, getting ready. We're going to talk about it. Peter looks and sees Jesus. And Peter, with his faith, like his, with his childlike faith, even when his, in his disobedience, he sees Jesus and he says, Lord, if that be you, bid me to come. And it will start off at 25. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if if it is you command me, Lord, if it is you command me, Lord, if it is you command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come on. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. You guys, somebody say, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Yeah, And then he says, and immediately. Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, I want to preach this, and I'm going to preach this, because sometimes I see things in the Bible that I really don't see. It just My mind goes there. I, I like to see movies and I'm like a director and I'm trying to set the scene and I begin to see how Peter was in the boat and he said that Peter was, had come out of the boat. Now what fool in their right mind would go out of a boat into the water? First of all, do you even think that Peter had in his mind that he was about to break the laws of physics? No. Peter didn't go, watch my faith. No, Peter just had a mind to get where Jesus was. He wasn't looking so much at his faith. He was looking at where Jesus is at. So wherever Jesus is, I'm going to be there also. So, Lord, I see where you're at. If you want me to be there too, bid me to come. He says, okay. So Peter steps down. And as we see peter begins to walk i like peter probably peter walking like this as peter's walking he's looking at jesus and he's like man i'm walking towards jesus but as he starts walking towards jesus as he's fulfilling the commandment of what the lord jesus told him to do he took his eyes off of jesus for a moment and as you realize the storm was going on the whole time the whole time the wind was blowing, the whole time the waves were blowing, but he didn't keep his eyes off Jesus, and, and as he got closer to Jesus, he turned real quick to look, and as he turned and looked, looked he looked at his partners, because they looking at him like, what, what, and he turns and looks at him, he's like, like, he sees the wind start going, and all of a sudden, he took his eyes off of Jesus, and he started looking at the waves, the strict the, the scripture says this then Peter saw the wind boisterous now now you guys know if you were, if you're from this area this susun, it stands it stands for strong wind yeah. and, and and do you guys you guys see how the wind is happens out here you see the wind how many people have seen the wind out here no you have never seen the wind you see the effects of the wind. I need you to understand this. You don't see the wind. You see the effects of the wind. You see the trees blowing. You see the leaves going. You see some fences fall. You see, all, you see the effects of the wind. But you don't see the wind. But the Bible declares that as Peter was walking towards Jesus, he turned and looked, and he saw the wind. He saw something spiritual that was moving something natural oh you guys should have caught that see sometimes you got your friends there's people in your life that are acting all crazy and you're trying to figure out what is wrong with them they something psychological are they are they using drugs or are they doing no it's something spiritual that's driving them to act that way Peter saw the wind, and as though he saw the wind, the wind had effect on the waves, and the waves were coming towards Peter, and Peter took his eyes off Jesus. What does Peter do? He begins to sink. He begins to sink. This is the part I love so much. Peter starts getting scared. He starts sinking, and I don't think because this is how it is in in a Christian walk. We usually don't just fall off as we're walking towards Jesus. I believe that as he was walking and saw the the wind boisterous, as he started to see in that spiritual stuff, each step that he made, it was like ankle deep. Then it was about close to his knee. Then it was about knee. Then it was to his thigh. Then it was to his, uh, uh, his waist. And then all of a sudden it said, he began to sink. I'm preaching this better than you're getting it. We always think that Peter goes, help. Blah, no, he didn't jump in the deep end. He walked literally in from a pool. You walk from the shallow end, our shallow end and you guys know what it's like to go from a shallow end to the deep end. This is what he did. He began. It says he began to sink. And then all of a sudden before he got his head up underwater, he yelled out to Jesus. Lord, save me. The scripture says, beginning to sink, he cried out. Saints of God, too many of us are waiting to try to cry out until we've already sunk. And you know what happens? When people drown, you don't hear them. Because they're underneath the water. But before you drown, you better start, help! help, you ain't yelling help when you're under the water. You need to go get up high enough to yell and scream help. Jesus heard him crying out. Verse 31 says, and immediately, immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him look at this, you, catches him, pulls him up, where did you, where did you doubt? You have little faith. Now, I want you to notice something. Okay. Do you realize that during this whole time, Jesus was walking to Peter. I mean, Peter was walking to Jesus. Jesus wasn't walking to Peter. You didn't catch it. Jesus said, come. Come up here. Come where I'm at. And Peter came where Jesus was. Jesus didn't come where he was. You know, kind of like your your friends want want you to come down where they're at. Do you realize that Jesus came once? He left the shore and went on the water and then said, come where I'm at. Jesus came to earth, did his work, and went back to heaven. He ain't telling you, you know, people, well, Jesus will meet you right where you're at. No, Jesus is telling you, come. You need to come up out of your sin, come out of your shame, come out of your sickness, come out of all this, and you come where I'm at. And you got to do it by faith. You got to come out of that boat, that ship, that relationship that you're in, those other things, that those, those different warships that you're in. You need to come to where I'm at. Get out of that ship and come. Peter goes to him, and as he goes to him, I need you to see this, that Jesus reached out his mighty hand he reached out his mighty hand Uh, earlier we talked about humble yourselves under the mighty hand of god and in due season he will exalt you. He will lift you up. He will bring you from out of the water. He will bring you when you're sinking. He'll bring you up. You guys, listen, the same hand that you have to humble yourself under is the same hand that will save you. God's hand isn't too big that he will crush you, but it's still big enough that he'll bless you. See, we're talking about the hand of Jesus. We're talking about the hand that formed the heaven and the stars. We're talking about the same hand that reached out to the man that had a blind eye and wiped his. It's the same hand. He wiped his eyes to open his eyes up. It's the same hand that reached down and grew a line in the sand. It's the same hand that would lay hands on children. It's the same hand that laid upon the cross and had nails in it. It's the same hand. It's the same hand that you have to humble yourself under. It's the same hand. So Peter understood what it's like to go after Jesus, but also to humble himself. Because it was the same hand that blessed him that picked him up. But it was the same hand that saved him. But it's also the same hand that had to chastise. 1 Peter 5 and 7, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Have you guys ever felt like your problems were just too big? Now, don't, don't get me wrong because we're all Christians here. Let's, let's think about this. You know, I, sometimes you have to sit down and think, my problem's you know, God, my, my problems aren't too big for God, but they're just kind of too big for me to mention because other people are going through stuff. So, you know, you guys ever feel that way? You sit down and look at other people. Can, can I just, when I was in the hospital and I was sitting in the hospital and I, I couldn't talk, and all they would do is keep showing me pictures. What is this? I'm like, and at that time I didn't know what a chair was. Like, what is this? I'm And I would sit down and I would sit there and thinking I'm like, man, this could be worse. But then all of a sudden, I look and I see, <laughs> I see the coroner's office or whoever these people are walking across with a gurney with somebody's loved one that, and I'm like, and I'm sitting here and I'm complaining. You got? <laughs> I heard people moaning all night. Oh, 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 they didn't have family members to come see him or. or you know, during this whole time, and I'm sitting down, I'm like, man, but I don't want to complain. But then I started thinking, I said, God said, God said this, listen, we serve a God that cares. Yes. It doesn't matter how big or how small it is, God cares about the same things you care about. I know it sounds weird, Let's, can, can we be honest? I remember one of the first calls as a pastor that I got. Somebody called me and said, pastor, and they were distraught. Pastor, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do, and I'm, I'm getting myself ready. I'm trying to get some scriptures. And like, Muffy died. I'm like, Muffy, who's Muffy? I'm thinking, Muffy, is it your nephew, your son? My cat. Papa, you weren't supposed to. That wasn't a, that wasn't a laughing part, Papa. That was, Papa, he cares. He cares, Papa. Oh, y'all, we need an altar call right now. You guys are wrong. But while you're laughing, do you realize that person cared about that pet? We get to a, a point where we, we are, is the word obtuse? We, 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 we just look at people like, it's just a pet, who cares? They care. And see, it made me begin to think, god cares about it. you cared about it god cares about it he cares and in life listen in life just because some people like oh i don't care about that some people do care about it don't sit back and think that you're just too high and mighty not to, to to have some compassion one towards another because god cares for you, I, 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 de- I, God definitely cares about how we feel. He cares how you feel. He's given you feelings, and one of our problems is that we don't open up our mouths and speak to God about what we are, what we, what he. When we speak to God, He cares about what we care about, and He wants you to talk about it to Him. You guys, with me on that? Sometimes, yeah, He hears. Listen to me. Sometimes when we pray to God, we, we hold it inside. We're praying about everything else, but we don't pray about what we really care about because it seems like it's, it's not really, it's insignificant to us. Like, okay, God, you know, I, I really, really wanted this coach bag, but I really don't need it. But i always wanted one. You go, man, you're a little selfish. And then sometimes somebody will go, but you know what? God said that if I delight myself in the Lord, he'll give me the desires of my heart. It, it, doesn't that the scripture say that? But God wants to know what's in your heart. And as you begin to start talking to him, start saying this, the, the this unspoken things. There's some things in your heart that you haven't even asked God. Why? Because I believe it's James that said, you have not because you ask not. And because you ask not, you ask wrong. You ask a missing. And God says, no, I want to give you these things, but you haven't asked me for them. Just open up your mouth. When, when the prophet went to the, to the woman and, and, and told her, what, what do you want? He, he, she was like, well, what do you need? He goes, well, I'll tell you what. Before you ask me anything, he says, let me bless you, and I'll give you what you need. And you know what, he, you know what he, he, blessed, he blessed her with? She went out, got a whole bunch of pots, filled them with oil. You guys know that whole story? Go read it. She went down and got him all that oil until she didn't have enough pots. Because she learned to ask. If she just wouldn't sit there, no, nah, I don't need anything. I'm fine. No, I'm okay. No, I, I, I'm going to bless you. And then somebody turned around and said, well, let me bless you. No, I'm okay. I'm fine. No, nah, y'all. We talked about pride earlier. 1 Peter 5 and 8. Be sober. I'm going to stop there for a second. Because as soon as I said it, you asked yourself is, is it okay to drink? <laughs> I, I wasn't going there. I'm telling you, that I'm doing this by faith. I'm just saying. Be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, you guys know that lions, uh, they're animals that usually stalk you, usually. They stalk. If you guys ever watch any animal shows, they stalk their prey. Do you realize that when wildebeest are sitting there, they got their eyes on the lion the whole time. They're sitting there eating like... But as soon as the lions start coming, you know they're coming. So when they start coming, they start running. And as they're running, they're just running. They're looking to find the slowest or the ones that aren't sober or the ones that aren't vigilant. They're just looking. They just Okay, there's a crowd of churchgoers that Oh, yeah, they ain't been to church for how long? Wow. Oh, the, oh, we're, oh, before the pandemic. Okay, uh, we just go, you don't, 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 I'm not, I'm not talking about y'all. There are people online I'm talking to. And they running, like, yeah, 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 that, because you haven't been sober, you haven't been seen what's going on. Why are you sitting there eating the lions, are packed, they're packing up, they're going to come after you. They don't surprise you. Do you realize that the wildebeest aren't surprised? They know the lions are there. They just know what to do. They know that it's strength and numbers. They can defeat the enemy. But the scripture says that your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion. Like a roaring lion. You guys remember the the cowardly lion on Wizard of Oz? For somebody else, the whiz? I like that lion better, to be honest. The scripture says like a roaring lion. If he's roaring, if he's a roaring lion, then why are we surprised when he attacks us? He says that he walks around as a roaring lion. You don't see them guys sitting there and the lion lion jumps in front of him and goes, ah, I gotcha. (laughs) He don't do that. Then why are we acting like that in our lives when something bad happens to us? Why are we surprised when the enemy jumps and shows his head just like out of nowhere? The reason why the scripture says this is that he's like a roaring lion, which means he's always yelling and screaming. We know when he's coming. That's why it says, "Be sober and be vigilant." Say to God, "We are in a prime position to know when God is telling us that the lion, the enemy, is coming." But we're not being sober. We're not being vigilant. We, this dude—he's he's walking after you as loud as, "Yeah, man, here I go. I'm gonna beat you down." But we're not listening to the Spirit of God that tells us that the storm is coming. We're not listening when God says, "Listen." If you, if you really sit down and believe, because the Bible says this, the Bible says that the Spirit of God will show you all things to come. Yeah. Look, God says, there's going to be trouble in this life. Yeah, right. and, and he knows it, but he's going to prepare you for that trouble. You guys with me? So, when I, got, when I had the stroke, I was prepared, not for the stroke, but I knew there was attack coming. And you know what God did? God did this. And some of you guys guys probably don't believe me on this. God had already set up the prayer team before I knew we needed a prayer team. God had already set leadership when we were having. He prepared us so that we would be, we were supposed to be sober and vigilant. So when I had the stroke, everything was already there in place because the enemy is walking around like a roaring lion seeking to whom he may devour. He's coming after people that aren't being ready. Second Corinthians 2 and 11 says, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. We can no longer be ignorant of what Satan does. He's going to attack you. You know why? Because he hates you. And he's going to come in. We shouldn't be doing things to be in the way of the the attack, but the attack is going to come. But the spirit of God will let us know to be prepared for this onslaught. When it comes, we're going to fight him with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. We're going to stand in the gap for each other. Amen. Amen. 1 Peter 5 and 9. It says, resist him steadfast in the faith. So notice it says, resist him, comma, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. How are you going to resist? You resist by staying steadfast in the faith. Staying steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the faith. Let me help you guys out. I love this part where it says, knowing that the same sufferings Look, you ain't in it. Look, we all shot. We in war. We're all shot. You ever some somebody get hurt and they're like, oh, 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 I can't, I can't make it, I can't make it. No, I've been shot in the face, shot in the leg. We all being shot. Get up and thrive so we can get out of here. We all here. Every last one of us are experiencing some suffering. So what do we do? We pray for one another. That's what the church is about. We pray. We take care of each other. We don't forsake the, the fellowship of ourselves. First Peter five and 10. and tear Rapul you. First Peter five and 10. But may the God of all grace Not some grace, but the God of all grace who calls us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you have suffered a while. Uh, Let me stop here for a second. That doesn't sound comforting at at all. Can can, can somebody say amen? I don't want to wait. I I don't want to suffer. Nobody wants to suffer. When I wake up in the morning... I, 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 I don't mind working out, but the suffering part, it, it, I like the effects. I like what it does. I, I, I like what it does the way I look, but I don't like suffering. Can somebody, can somebody just fill me with this? I don't, I, don't, I don't like the way that I eat because I, I want to eat the good stuff. I can't eat the good stuff. I hate that suffering. But after a while, when I do the right things, When I suffer through the things that I have to suffer through. It says that God will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. After you've suffered a while. Why do we have to suffer? Because when we suffer, we learn learn patience. That's why God, God says, you're in need of patience. So then after a while... Guess what happens? You're strengthened. So God says, "I'm going to." After you've you been suffer, after you suffered a little while, after you went through the stroke, John, when when you weren't able to talk, when when you weren't able to do the things you're doing, after you, what you learned, you you had to suffer, John. You had to suffer because it, it was in this that that I may know Him. This is what it is. It's in in the in the in the power of His resurrection and the fellowship. Of suffering. The, the fellowship. We, we call this the Crib building Christian fellowship. But you know what? We need to learn how to suffer in the fellowship together. Suffering together. And as we suffer for a while, God says, I'm going to make you perfect. Well, how am I going to make you perfect? Because you're going to make be perfect like me. I'm going to establish you. What does he mean, establish? You know, in here it says established, but established. What does that mean? He's going to lay you upon the, 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 the rock, the perfect foundation. And then he says, now that you've, you have the perfect, you, you've been made perfect like me, I'm going to lay you upon the f- perfect foundation. And then he says, and then I'm going to strengthen you. How many people need some strength? I, I, I need some strength, y'all. I need that strength. And then after that, he says, then I'm going to settle you. You know, houses that sit on a foundation that sometimes when you're in your house, you hear crack. The house just cracks for no reason. You're like, what's going on? Jesus. They said it's because your house is settling. And you know, a house will always settle when it's on a good foundation. And that's what he said. I want to settle you because sometimes when you're settling on a good foundation, if you're not anchored, on that foundation you could fall off that foundation God said I want to settle you I want you to be settled in me settled in my word be settled in the house of God I want to strengthen you I want to perfect you I want to establish you and in 1 Peter 5 and 10 says this after all that's done to him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever Amen. 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 That's all that I got. You guys stand to your feet. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.